0: Hello and welcome to the State News Sports Roundtable. I am your host Eli McCowan, and today I am joined by the MSU Men's Basketball beat, Jaina Bardall and Sarah Tidwell. We're here to talk about Michigan State's men's hoops, which has been on the men for a while now, but there's still a lot going on. How are we doing today, guys?
1: Good. Hi, I'm good. You?
0: Good. 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 Uh, how's the semester so far? We had our reading and reflection week. I think we didn't do anything that entire week. I know I didn't. And then now we're like jumping into classes again. I mean, how's that been going?
1: I I mean, I should have taken it. Oh, go go ahead, ahead.
2: Sarah. No, you're good. Go ahead.
1: I think I should have taken advantage of reading and reflection week more because my classes seem a little unorganized or maybe it's just I'm unorganized or both. (laughs) I don't know, but... They really dove into the first week of classes, I would say. Yeah,
2: I'd have to agree with that, especially, too, because we had, like, the first week wasn't, like, an official week. So, technically, we're on week two right now. And so, some of my classes are, like, this is week one, and some of them are, like, this is week two. And I'm, like, I'm completely all over the place right now. Like, don't have anything organized at all. So
0: I had five quizzes off the jump. So that was where we were at week one. I have three or four due this upcoming Sunday still. So that's, that's where we're at right now. Um, But yeah, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't think I started reading anything until the Monday on Martin Luther King day. That was when I finally looked at my things and I bought my books on Monday. (laughs) I was behind, but.
1: It threw it off too with the Monday off because I have a ton of assignments due Friday and I've Been not realizing that it's already Friday for my first assignments, but we're trying.
0: (laughs) We're going to get there. We're going to get there. So, men's basketball, they've been on the sidelines January 13th. Four players tested positive, including Maddie Sissoko, Steven Izzo, Josh Langford, and Davis Smith. Um, No end in sight in Seamus of when they're going to come back. Their next game scheduled in six days this upcoming Thursday against Rutgers, which that will be 15 days since the first two positive tests. Um prior to that, Michigan State had lost four of their last six, uh, including a buzzer beater loss to Purdue in their final game. They also lost by 25 points to Minnesota, bad loss against Northwestern. They did beat Rutgers by like, I believe I don't have the exact score in front of me, but there was a 20 point game. Rutgers only scored 45 in that one. Seemed like things were turning around, but then the Purdue loss came and now they've been out for a few games due to COVID. Um Sarah, I'll start with you. Um what is the current status? Have you heard anything? What's kind of going on with the COVID issues? Has there been anything new? What's kind of, what's kind of going on there?
2: Um, I'm not super caught up with it right now. I know Jana has done a little bit more work on this, but I do know that they haven't found any dates for like the postponements they've had. So we still have like Virginia from what December 8th or something like that, that they have to go back and do. And then all the, these three from this week. And then, um, are they even going to be cleared to play Rutgers? It, I don't think it's been two weeks since Maddie Sissoko and Steven got COVID.
0: It'll be 15 days, but I believe the Big Ten protocol is 17. Yeah, 17. Days. Like yeah. is 17. So the elite, none of the players that tested positive would be good for Rutgers if they do try to play on that day.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, because they're going to lose their starter, Josh Langford, and then they're going to lose, um, like, even though Steven and Maddie and Davis don't really play that much, like, they're still losing most of their underclassmen squad because of COVID. Um, so I, like, I don't really know what's going to happen next. We're all hoping that, like, you know, things get back on track, because I know Jaina probably misses, you know, going to games like I do, and things feel very empty <laughs> without having basketball on the weeks. Like, I, I would look forward to Friday night games, and then there, there is nothing. I'm like, oh, you know, it's not happening today. So hopefully they get back on track. Hopefully, you know, they beat Rutgers again. They have the – they don't have the home – field advantage but you know they beat them by I think it was 23 like it was like 45 68 or something like that so I think it was by 23 points last game so they should have a pretty good head on them um what I'm most looking forward to though is Ohio State because that's a matchup we haven't seen yet this season so
0: They're certainly going to have to prepare for Rutgers going into the rack. That's a tough one. That's really hard to play in that one. I mean, the rack is tough. It is a really tough place to play. Even if there's no fans, it's really hard to play there. I mean, Gina, you had a story out recently on what their kind of rescheduling is like. I mean, have you heard anything about where that may go, where where that's going in terms of that?
1: Yeah, Izzo talked a lot this past Monday on, you know, how they're going to go about rescheduling these matchups, especially because in these past couple weeks was where – Michigan state had some breaks in their schedule that the big 10 had purposely planned. They were expecting postponements to happen within the teams. They kind of left some wiggle room in certain parts of the schedule, but ironically for Michigan state, that wiggle room fell where they had to cancel or postpone these matchups. So it's, it's going to be hard going forward to figure out a date to reschedule these, especially because it doesn't just matter for MSU. It also matters on the other team's side, which we saw you know, during the football season with Maryland, they tried to reschedule Maryland twice and it's still, they just couldn't get it to follow through. So I I don't know how confident I am in these matchups being rescheduled at the moment, but yeah, looking ahead to Rutgers. I mean, like Sarah said, there's Davis Smith, Steven Izzo, Mati Sissoko. They're, they're not big parts of the rotation, but um. Hauser on the press conference the other day was saying, you know, even though those players, we might not see them during the games, they play a big role in practices and in hyping up on the bench. And then also in practice, they're doing scrimmage games and it gives players time to rest when they go in and back and forth like that. So he said they were missing out on those players in practice because it was making everybody push themselves a lot harder. Obviously, they've been practicing in smaller groups right now, but still, I think especially now without fans, we know how impactful the bench energy can be in a game because that's kind of where they're getting their energy from on the court. So without those players on the bench, I think that could hurt them. And Maddie was also starting to play a bigger role, especially in the center position, which Michigan State has struggled to fill this season. And I think he was kind of starting to become a more solid player in Izzo's rotation. Not that he would play extended minutes, but the minutes he played, you'd remember he was there because he'd have a big block or he'd have a big steal or something. So I think it hurts that he's not there. And I hope that he can come back into the center position starting off where he left off.
0: And I think with Sissoko's size, too, I mean, against players like Luka Garza in Iowa, I mean, Rutgers, I forget their player, but they have a Illinois, a Kofi Cockburn. I mean, those guys are big guys that Sissoko probably would have been a big part at least to go in and take a couple fouls that you know Kithier, Bingham, whoever doesn't take in those positions, Hauser, whoever maybe yeah. in and not taking those spots I mean he that's a key spot like you said in the center spot that's gonna be that's gonna hurt and then obviously Josh Langford's leadership I mean yeah. you're talking about a guy who's a you know fifth sixth year player whatever it is I mean it's insane how long he's been here obviously now but I mean that's a guy as well I mean that's obviously huge in what they do. I mean, he plays most of uh, majority of the game, plays a lot of minutes. He starts one of their more consistent scorers when he wants to be, um, can do a lot of different things. One of their better defenders, like not quite the defender he was before his injuries and stuff, but like, you know, he's a little bit slower than what he was when he was a freshman, sophomore and playing a lot of minutes then, but he's on the defensive side of the ball. He brings a lot to that too. I mean, so that's going to be huge in that, I think though, but obviously, like we said, the last six games, have been not so great they had two wins a big win against Rutgers which I don't think anybody saw coming at home after some of those losses something like the performance that they had specifically on the defensive end was really out of nowhere and then the Nebraska game before that was really close that one went back and forth they had two really big weird losses to Northwestern and Minnesota that didn't make a lot of sense the Wisconsin one I think kind of started that off or maybe it was in between the two um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of issues Was it in between? Okay. So there's been a lot of weird things with this team, like after like that start of the year that have went, there's just seems to be something off with this team. So I guess the question is, is as they're, you know, it's gonna be six days, we're recording this on a Friday, I believe coming out on a Tuesday. Um, so hopefully we get more clarity on the COVID situation on the Rutgers game on Thursday, some things like that before then, but Before their next game, I'll throw it back to you, Sarah. I mean, what are some of the main problems that you think this team's got to kind of work out and figure out as they try to get back on track?
2: Well, I definitely feel like Aaron Henry is obviously the leader of the team right now. He's definitely shown promise. He's shown that he can be there. It's just the fact that he's lacking consistency. So I think he does need to pick that up a little bit. And, you know, instead of he did pretty good in the last three games, but after that, Lost to Purdue, he's probably still has that like weighing on his shoulders that, you know, oh, I missed this shot, like it's my fault, like that kind of thing. So he's definitely gonna have to kind of shake that off, even though it's been a long time and get back to it, show us what he can do, show us how he played at Rutgers in Nebraska, you know, topping out on everybody. Um, I feel like Rocket definitely needs to, I guess, get better shooting. Like, if it makes sense, like he, if I don't know if you guys noticed, but when he shoots the ball, you can tell Izzo gets mad a little bit. And most of the time it's because like Rockets not playing by the thing they have lined up. Like he's not following any of the rules he's doing, you know, he's just like finding an opening and going for it. And then most of the time, like 90% of the time it misses and Izzo gets pissed and then it's just not good. And that's, I feel like that's why he took rocket out of the starting lineup as well. Like, you know, give him some time to breathe and get his head in the game and then get out there from the bench Um, and then obviously, you know, this year we're hurting really bad because we don't have Xavier Tillman. Um, he was a huge defender on our team last year and just not having his presence. Like he's even, he's even started for the Memphis Grizzlies, his, like his NBA team and just like not having him and not having Cassius Winston is definitely put MSU in a spot where they have to fill this kind of void. And they haven't found out how to do that yet because they were so dependent on Tillman and Winston. And so, like, they're struggling, but they're not. And, like, if you think about it, too, after 12 games last season, they were only 9-3. and And after 12 games this season, they're 8-4. and So they're only off by one game. But, like, they're also just, like, you can tell they're visibly doing worse. Like, if you take a look at, like, their rebounds – They're only out-rebounding their opponents by, like, 5.3 or something per game, which obviously is definitely weird because Izzo has turned them into, like, a well-oiled rebounding machine, and it's definitely fallen through. So I feel like they just have to pick up working together more. Like, they have to have a mutual understanding and kind of, I guess, get back on that groove that the pandemic has thrown off, obviously.
0: Jada, do you kind of agree in some of those things or what are kind of some of the things that you're seeing in terms of what's kind of going wrong here a little bit?
1: Yeah, I definitely agree talking about specifically Aaron Henry's leadership. I think it needs to show a little more and racket. I'm a, I'm a huge racket fan. I always say when rackets out or Marcus Bingham Jr.'s out, I want them to do good. I don't know. I I'm fans of them. I like them. And, and I, I mean, we've noticed even in games last season, when, when MSU still had um, Cassius Winston, sometimes Rocket would have these, you know, like star, like all star performances out of nowhere, and he really like brought the team forward. So I think he, it would be very helpful to the team if he found his rhythm. But specifically in the last two matchups, I mean, it's hard to look back, but we have Rutgers, and what put Michigan State above Rutgers was their defense in that game. They held Rutgers to forty five points. Defense was really good, and then against Purdue. First half, the defense against Purdue was following a similar pattern. They held Purdue. They had a, MSU at a 17-point lead, I think, going into the half. They held Purdue to really low scoring in the first half. So the defense is kind of there, and I think where they're lacking is just the consistency in terms of keeping up that defense throughout the entire 40 minutes of the game, and then also mimicking you know, the skill they're showing on defense with some offensive production as well. Which is lacking. Um, and we know, you know, we're missing, we just need, yeah, as Sarah said, a consistency, which seems to be over everyone saying it right now that this is what this team needs. But that that's what I think they need for sure. Because I mean, even in Purdue, they lost by one point, but it, it's more telling that they blew the 17 point lead against Purdue. Not that they lost by one point, but the fact they were playing super dominantly and then they just kind of blew it and looked kind of lost. They look lost on the court. I think someone needs to step up a little more and start talking on the court. That's why I think Aaron Henry's leadership is important. And that's why I think Lankford continues to play, even if he's not producing maybe as much as I might want. Lankford is a leader on the team and I think they need him out on the court, but we need consistency. And, yeah, some voices to step up there and kind of put some confidence and some, you can tell when they get excited and they slap the floor and, you know, they can tell when they get in a rhythm. Um, and I think once they lose that rhythm, it's really hard for this team to find it again because they don't have the leaders in Tillman and Winston like they did last season.
2: I also feel like, too, they've been put on a pedestal for a really long time because, you know, it's Tom Izzo's team. They're Michigan State. They're super good. They have so many wins in Big Ten. They have so many wins in the, Um, march madness i feel like they get a little cocky sometimes when they play certain games um there was one game i can't remember which one it was but they went into that game super cocky and then they like it it paid off but barely it was like i think it was a western game it was super close so they definitely have to like not, not let that get into their head anymore and just you know continue to play like they know how to play
0: Yeah, I think the biggest thing that they miss from a guy like Cassius, a guy like Xavier, is somebody who, when a team goes on a run and gets something going, is somebody like a Cassius or a Xavier to make a play and get things going to stop that run, to stop the bleeding, get things going. You think about like Cassius in the NCAA tournament, the last one he was able to play in against Minnesota. They're, you know, a game that was ultimately very similar to Purdue, if you think about it, in that first half when. Michigan State came out in that game. They dominated in the first half. They played really well. And then going into the beginning of the second half, Minnesota comes out and it was uh, Calster and I forget his, I forget Gabe I'm saying his last name wrong. I know I am I'm butchering it, but they, uh, the their point guard and they had a few guys that were just hitting threes. They're clawing back in. I think they had it within like eight or 10 points. It was looking like, okay, Minnesota might put up a fight here, but then it was Cassius Winston coming on the floor, hitting a few buckets, getting a lead back. And that was the game. Um, You think of Xavier Tillman against, was it, it was Illinois at the end uh, last year at Illinois. He makes that, gets that dunk at the end, the play at the end. Everything's looking like Illinois has got all the momentum, but he just makes that last veteran kind of play to make, to just seal it, to end the game. It was over. That's the biggest thing they're missing is just somebody offensively to step up on a game-to-game basis when things are going bad to take it over. Aaron Henry did it against Nebraska. You saw it against Nebraska where he was able to take over when the game was close and put in a big enough gap between them and Nebraska to come away with it. Can he do it on a game to game basis? I don't know. Can Rocket Mm. do it? I don't know, but it's going to have to be one of those two or Hauser, or there's going to be a more consistent team effort from everyone across the board, especially on offense because defensively they have a lot of pieces and a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions. I think Izzo's talked about that a lot. He's got guys like Gabe, Malik, Henry, um, those three guys can play all across the board. Hauser can play a few different positions. Um, you know, they've got guys that can play all over the floor, but the problem is they can't quite get that guy to just that when they need a bucket, they need a stop to just make something happen. Um, that's been the biggest thing so far, I think. And that's been confusing to me that that hasn't come, but maybe this break will give them that opportunity. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. But I think, like you guys mentioned, it's got to be the offense because in the in just consistency, half to half possession by possession, because it just sometimes it just doesn't look right. But Jana, you yeah. mentioned earlier too about the center spot. So Thomas Kithier's kind of been the guy there. He brings steady minutes, hustler, makes the right plays. He's always in the right spot at the right time. It feels like um, we've seen Bingham there, seems to Soko there. We've even seen Hauser play there some. I mean, is that something that you felt like before they were solidifying a bit or is that something that you think that they're still trying to figure out where you kind of at there?
1: Yeah. I think even with the rotation in general, I feel like I'm not super set on it right now. And I don't, I don't think Izzo is either the team and specifically with the center spot um, going against these teams in the big 10 with a lot of big guys and, you know, with Michigan State kind of lacking in size this year. It's important to have someone who can play the center. And like you said with Thomas Kithier, you know, he might not have the size, but to make up for that, the Spartans need someone who's always going to be in the right place and kind of knows how to play the position correctly. I really liked Sizoko coming in there in the middle of some games and I hope that he's able to still do that. Like I said, you know, he's he's a freshman and he's still developing and he's not Xavier Tillman and he's not the all star center that's gonna carry MSU through the tournament. But you know when he's out on the court, you remember the mo- the minutes he's in there, and you can kind of tell his size just in general can shake up the other team. You know because he, he's he doesn't really like he'll just he'll block the he'll block the shots. Like he's not the most strategic or anything, and he's still developing. But he shakes up the team when he's out there, and I hope that when he gets back in, he'll continue to rotate into that position. But I think that the center position specifically is one that is just going to have to kind of go through a rotation because there's no one that is an all-star there right now. Um, But I think they've started to kind of figure it out. I trust Kithier there. I know a lot of people have questioned him specifically in the starting lineup as well, Um, but he, he knows what he's doing. He's a smart player and Izzo likes smart players, like Sarah said earlier, going off the center position. But sometimes if Rocket takes a bad shot, that's it. He's out because Izzo doesn't really care, even if, Rocket makes the shot, he doesn't really care because he likes smart players over good players. Not good, but you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he likes Kithier there because he's smart there, and I, I think they're starting to figure that out. But Kithier and Sizoko, I like to see rotate in that place, I think.
0: Sarah, when you look at that center spot, I mean, what's kind of your feeling on it as well? Because I I, I, I have the thing – Jana talked about it a bit. I mean, Sizoko when he comes on the floor – like he's somebody that I like. You remember his plays because he makes some big plays, but also like the, he's a guy when he comes on the floor, he he stands out. He's a he's got a huge frame, big guy. I mean, I they list him as six eight on MSU Spartans. I I don't believe that for a minute. I think he's six nine, six ten. He I mean he's a massive guy. He's got huge build, especially for a freshman as well. But I mean, Sarah, what's kind of your feeling on that spot with how they're kind of rotating that right now?
2: I do really like seeing Sissoko out there. Um, his wingspan too, him being that tall, like his wingspan is insane. So I think that's where he like, he plays a really good part in blocking and rebounding and all of that. Um, I definitely like that Izzo's not listening to fans. Uh, you know how fans are like upset that Kithier's still in the lineup. Like he, he's still on the court, even though he doesn't really do too much. He makes maybe like five points a game. I like that Izzo's still putting him in there. I think Thomas Kithier like brings... good amount of energy to the team and he's very helpful when it comes to like getting the ball to different places even if he's not the one scoring like he still moves around the court really well and I think him and Sissoko are definitely the two that I like to see in that position the most definitely um I'm hoping to see Sissoko more like as we get further into the season because he's definitely a good player especially as a freshman so hopefully he comes back stronger than ever after this covid (laughs)
1: Like I said, too, I'm also a Bingham fan, but I don't know how, how much I like him when he's there all the time, but he does make me smile when he goes out there because some of the plays he does just, you can tell, make the team real yeah. happy. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: he's gigantic, too. Like, I just love watching him run up and down the court. He's like 6'11", and I'm like, how is he literally running like that?
0: Mm-hmm. I guess the other player that I, 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 that I am mystified about and where his role is that has confused me a lot is Gabe Brown. I've been very confused about his minutes, his rotation, and where that's been. I mean, he's a guy, me, I'm covering women's basketball this year. I have seen him on three different occasions after the women's game, out taking shots after the game. He's been out there a lot. I know he's, he's putting a lot of work in, and I know we've, we've seen the talent. We've seen him make the plays. Where has he been at? I guess I'll throw it to either of you guys. I mean, where where's that rotation? Where's he been at? What's his role? I think I've been very confused on that.
1: Yeah, I, I want to see more of him too. I mean, it's funny you say he's out there shooting after the women's games because he's out there shooting after the men's games too. And it, I, I wrote something about it. I'm, I've just pulled it up right now. I remember he had a real good game um, back in December. Yeah, it was against Oakland, but he had the career high 20 points. And I just wrote something about him because every game we would see him out on the court making extra shots and things like that. I, I do want to see him a lot more. And Last year specifically, I thought Izzo kind of built his team for March. That's how he coaches. And, uh, you know, if you watch his teams, you know, he does that. And I was expecting Gabe Brown to play more in the tournament. Granted, it got canceled and we couldn't see it happen. But I kind of thought that Izzo was progressing Gabe Brown and wanted him to see a lot more time and make a lot more strides come tournament time. Um, so I'm wondering if Izzo's doing the same thing with him this year because I, I agree with you Eli I'm confused where he is um, because I, I think when he's out there you know and he gets in a groove he's good and I, I like to see him out there he's one of the players I feel for some reason I trust a little more on the offensive side too especially shooting from the three specifically I trust him more than probably most others on the roster so I I think that Maybe Isos trying to just prepare him more. I, I think he'll have more minutes, but um, I, and I want to see him play more minutes for sure.
2: Yeah, like you said, I trust him so much when he's out there. Like, when they have to make a shot from the three and they pass it to him, I I want... Like, I'm a Gabe Brown fan. Like, you are, Michael Spingham Jr. and Natty Sissoko. Cool. Like, I want Gabe Brown on the court. He deserves more time. So he probably is, like, warming up... Or Izzo probably is warming him up for March, but... I think he like needs to get out there just a little bit more in regular season so that he can fully be prepared. Because like I, I want to see him out there. I want to see him making his shots. He's definitely one of the people I trust most.
0: Yeah, I mean, th- then the last one before we kind of wrap up here a little bit here is with AJ Hoggard. He steps into the point guard spot against Nebraska. He does against Purdue not big stat stuff for minutes, but if you watch the game, you could tell he did a lot of good things is a put trust in him. He's done some good things there. He had meniscus surgery at the beginning of the season. Now he's kind of working up and playing some more minutes. Um, I mean, what's kind of the feeling on how AJ Hoggard has been going? Can we, when they do come back Can we expect to see more of that, where where are we kind of feeling with AJ Hoggard at this time?
2: Um, I'm hoping he definitely comes out on the court, comes out on the court more. Um, he was definitely a good help in the starting lineup. As we saw, they won both games that he was in the starting lineup. Um, even though he didn't score very much, he's a very good defender. He gets the ball around the court. He moves around the court very easily. Um, he's definitely one of the better freshmen, if that makes sense. And I feel like that's why Izzo is like portraying him on the court more and giving him more minutes because he wants, you know, he wants to get him out there. He wants to see what he can do. Um, I do enjoy AJ playing. And I really hope that, you know, he continues to, but it all really depends on, you know, now that Langford's out um, for what the Rutgers game, like we might see AJ in there. We, we don't know who's going to, you know, take Langford's spot. Um, hopefully, you know, AJ's in there still because he took Rocket's spot, I believe. And I feel like that also like lines up a little bit better. Like I like Rocket coming off the bench. I don't like him in the starting lineup. He does a lot better when he comes off the bench. So I feel like AJ just makes the dynamic flow a little bit better
1: I agree I like AJ I I think it's yeah I I like what we've seen of him I like his confidence I think specifically I remember when someone in a press conference asked Rocket what kind of conversations he's had with AJ now that Rocket was kind of not playing at the point guard position as much and AJ was playing there more in his place and Rocket said he had a conversation with AJ about, you know, how coach Izzo was going to push him because the point guard position is one of the more important ones to Izzo and in, in Izzo's style of basketball. And I think AJ has handled that pressure pretty well, um, you know, starting in the starting lineup and he doesn't, you know, show. Yeah. Throughout the whole game, he might not make as many plays, but I mean, in the first couple minutes, when he's out there, he makes an assist or in the last game he had like a, he made a really good play on the first drive Michigan State had, and I think it it showed promise in him that he can kind of deal with the pressure that Izzo's putting on him and the entire team's putting on him, especially because they've been searching for someone who was going to be in the point guard position, and no one expected him <laughs> We entered this season thinking it was going to be between Rocket and Foster, and now AJ's in it. So it's it wasn't expected, but I, I like him there, and, and I like that he's a freshman because – point guard is important to Izzo's style of basketball and the fact that he's a freshman I think is going to help in his development a lot throughout his four years on the team as well which I think is important and I think Izzo's valuing that as well
2: yeah he's definitely going to be a big name over his next three years there
0: he's he's got a lot he does a lot of things very well I don't think that like when you watch him I don't think he does anything right now like at a fantastic level he just does a lot of things well I think he's got a lot of athleticism he's been a good, he's a solid defender. He's got the length and the athleticism to be able to guard some of your faster guys. If you can just kind of get a little bit better at that. And that's something that rocket on ball at times, it's been a disaster Uh, on ball defending. It's been some, at times he, he, he plays really well. And at times it's like, where, where are you going? What are you doing? You know, it's like, and AJ Haggard, I thought just brought a lot to that spot. He brought consistency. He kind of just kept the offense moving. And that was something that Michigan state needed a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see how this team kind of comes together um how this team kind of comes together after this you know I mean by the time that they come back if they come back for the records game on Thursday be 15 days since they played you know and there's probably going to be there two of their guys that are in the rotation are not going to play love we'll two other guys gone who knows who'd be gone with contact tracing who knows who could be gone with whatever we don't know what this team's going to look like when they come back so it's going to be interesting it should be an interesting time to see how this team kind of comes back um they're on the bubble right now. If they don't start getting things on track. So that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Um, should be interesting. They got tough games, tough big 10 steep. It'd be tough for them. Um, so before we wrap up here, uh, I want to do some fun as we always do at the end. So we just had our, a new president get inaugurated this week. Uh, he had a few new executive orders on the first day. I think it was 17. Um, saw a tweet that I thought was really interesting. Had a lot of reaction on Twitter was if, you were president and you had to put in sports-related executive orders. What would be the few that you would put in? Now, I thought this was interesting. I went away with it on Twitter a little bit. One of the first ones I saw was making March Madness a national holiday for everyone. Everyone gets off work for the first two days. The first two days, I don't do anything anyway. I pretty much put all my school aside. I think my senior year, I skipped four, three, four days in high school last year just for March Madness, I think. Like, just I don't do anything. Yeah. Anyway. It'd be great to just have those days off
1: um you already accepted as a holiday
0: I think I don't think anyone would argue with it like I think that one you can't make anybody mad about that but the second one I had was allowing college athletes to profit off of their name image and likeness was one that one I just I don't know why it hasn't been done yet this whole amateurism thing is but, I mean, that's a whole load. Just if, if you have an HBO subscription, go watch the scheme about college basketball, and Christian Dawkins, and you'll never believe in amateurism ever again. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. It, the, the system's unbelievable. I can't stand it. we got to bring back NCAA football video game. That's the third one that I've got. That one's got to come back. I, I still, still am playing 14 when I get bored. Like it's a seven-year-old video game and I'm still playing it. It's the only reason I have the old Xbox still. And what was the other one? I had? Oh, last and certainly not least, we need to appropriately and properly pay the U S women's soccer team for being the most dominant team in all of sports history. That's the other one that just pisses me off a lot. This, that team in, in a couple of years ago in the world cup, they didn't lose a game in the world cup or even draw. That doesn't happen. And this is, they've done it year in year out, the most dominant team in sports history, at least in my, our lifetime, I think in our lifetime, this is the most Mm -hmm. dominant team I've ever watched. I mean, you can think back to UCLA basketball in like the 60s and 70s or whatever that era was with John Wooden, things like that. You can think of the Lakers, Celtics in that era, you know, the Patriots maybe early in our era too. But U.S. women's soccer has been dominant. I can't think of a team that's been more dominant than that. So those are my for sports. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I'll start with you, Sarah. What are some of the ones that you would have to put in for an executive order for sports to make them, you know, go across the board?
2: Hmm. Let's see. Definitely more coverage on the women's NBA. Like I, I want to see more coverage on the women's NBA. Uh, they deserve it. Definitely. Um, let's see. I definitely agree with the profiting off of image and likeness. That's another one because I feel like it's unfair for college kids to spend this much of their time, you know, playing sports and not getting money off of it just because they're a student at the same time. Um, How many do you want me to do?
0: As many as you can think of, whatever you, if you have a couple, if not, like if you're lost, you can pass it to Jaina, Mm -hmm. whatever you can think of.
2: Yeah, pass it to Jaina. Those two are two that I really know, but pass it to Jaina for now.
1: Okay, yeah, I have one. I agree with women's soccer. I think, um, yeah, I like that one as well, Eli. But my big one, I would say, is extending the number of teams in the college football playoff.
0: Thank
1: you. I know there was a lot of talk about that this past season specifically, and I never really had any, not any issues with it, but I just never really thought about how there were only four teams in it until this season because there was so much coverage on why certain teams didn't get into it. Um, So I kind of read up a lot on that, and I realized that that was kind of messed up, and I think there should be more teams in it because... Not only for the team's sake, but I think it would just make it more interesting. Like, only four teams is not really – it's competitive for sure, but I, I don't know. It kind of takes out the competitive aspects that there's not as much, as many teams you're competing against and things like that.
0: Well, the, the, my, my entire argument for that is the fact that what sport can you win your conference and go undefeated and not compete for a national title? Coastal Carolina and yeah. Cincinnati should have never been in that position. And then at the same time, too, when you only have four teams that make it, this is that's the reason we have alabama clemson ohio state and usually oklahoma or georgia or notre dame those three schools that 14 because the same schools make it in every year and they have the ultimate recruiting advantage and yes the same team's in so and that's why you Mm -hmm. see such a gap it's it's unbelievable Unbelievable.
1: yeah because i i'm i'm personally sick of watching it like i it's not, it's not even like you have to watch it anymore because you know what teams are in it. You know, Alabama's in there and you know, they're going to do good. And then, you know, Clemson's in there and you know, they're going to be on the top of it too. So it's, that would be a big one, especially after this past season, like you said, seeing coastal Carolina, seeing Cincinnati um, and those teams not getting the opportunity to play in the playoffs. Um, that would be my biggest order of business.
0: Sarah, do you have any more you want to add?
1: I
2: think that there should also be a professional level of gymnastics. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I just like, I feel like Simone Biles like deserves more screen time than just at the Olympics. And now hearing that she might get like skimped out on the 2021 Olympics in what I think they're in Japan. Cause they might be canceled. Like I feel like she should be allowed to like, there should be some level of professional gymnastics that allows them to compete after college before they're too old to compete because, you know, their bodies like you can only compete up to a certain age. And I think Simone Biles is already past that age. So like I want to I, like her and Lori Hernandez and like all of them. Like I love gymnastics. So I just I want I would want to see it more than just in the Olympics and in college.
0: Yeah. I, I'll throw in one last one before we move on to the last one. And that is, I want to change the NFL overtime rules. Need to be the college overtime rules, college football overtime rules. The fact that the NFL you can score, get a touchdown, and just end the game before the other team even gets a chance, it could, just because you won the coin toss, is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I it, it, There's a lot of things the NFL I have a problem with because just because I'm a Lions fan, but that's besides the point. It just drives me nuts. That's my I one thing. I don't like. I
1: don't like first score overtime rules. Mm-hmm.
2: Like yeah, I feel like you should have to play like another quarter just like full quarter and just see like who makes the most points in that time
0: it's it, I, the NCA one's been perfect to me people hate it because sometimes it does drag on for a bit but i'd rather have that rather have the right team win than um someone else like i just don't understand why that would be i just don't understand that and then the last one is um with michigan state specifically so with michigan state um, executive orders on campus. Um, I'm to save mine for last this time. Um, Jaina, I think you were the, the last one to go there. So, Jaina, I'll swing it to you first. What are some Michigan State campus related things you would make as an executive order?
1: Okay. Um, it's like I haven't even been on campus in so long. I'm like, what am I thinking about? Okay. Well, I'm a big East neighborhood lover. I know Eli with Hubbard Hall. I was in Acres. Um, so I think no more slander against East neighborhood in general. I think it's one of the better neighborhoods. And yeah, no slander. I get very offended when I see Acres, Acres Hall slander. But I'm trying to think what else like angsted me on campus. Um, Sarah, what's yours?
2: Bigger catabuses. Because And
1: and we need, like, an
2: app. Like, transit is a good app, but it's never timed perfectly with the buses. Like, we need an app that's perfectly timed with the buses so that you're not walking out there and missing it, or you're not, like, running too early and standing out in the cold for too long. Um, and then I'd also say bring back Wilson late night because I want the pasta bar back. Even if you have to move the pasta bar to another dorm, just bring the pasta bar back because that shit was good. Um and then, uh, those are definitely the big two. I also feel like um, there should be like have to be like a rite of passage to ride the campus. Like freshmen should not get to ride it like immediately. Like they should just be like no, no. Like you have to learn how to walk the campus before you can ride a bus on the campus. You have to earn it. Like I feel like that'd be something way better. That way, you know, upperclassmen aren't getting frustrated that they're missing their classes. <laughs>
0: I, so I have a couple. The first one is living in Hubbard Hall. The, I think the number one thing, I lived on the 11th floor. Number one thing that irked me about it was getting on the elevator, holding the door open for someone. And they'd come onto the elevator. and I'd be like, I'd, be like, I'd scan I'd be like, hey, what floor are you going up to? And they'd look at me and go, oh, to the second floor. When people do that, and I there's 12 floors in Hubbard, and you know people are going to the third floor, the fourth floor, I give people the dirtiest look. And every single time, if you're in with multiple people, you're talking shit about that person as soon as they get off the elevator. You're talking so much about them when they get off. No, you're not allowed to do that. It, it, it'll change by the hall. If you're in like Wilson Hall where there's six, you can go to three because that's halfway up. But like if you're good, if you're in Hubbard, you, if you can only use the elevator if you're going five and above. That's number one thing that's always irked me. We're bringing back full blown late night and with the pasta bar, everything else like full blown late night, how it used to be. We're bringing it back. Um, this is the other one. Professors, if they're going to use something other than D2L, they have to use all of the same service. So if someone's going to use something else, every professor has to use Top Hat then, or every professor has to use Zybooks or whatever service it's going to be because. The amount of money I had to spend on services this last two years, like from one class to the other, just drives me absolutely nuts. And that's just ridiculous.
1: Especially with online, with online. Yeah. Yeah. I Especially- say we just outlaw
2: everything except for D2L, like outlaw all of it. You can only use D2L. That's it. Google drive because we get that free with our mm-hmm. MSU stuff. But like, that's it. Outlaw everything else.
0: I had to buy a $40 service for a class. To for discussion boards when D2L has a discussion board feature. Like, yeah, I, I don't one. understand what, like, why is that a thing? I, I don't understand why that's a thing. It doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. And it's very yeah. frustrating. And <laughs> I, I just, that's, mm, that one gets me. And the last one we're bringing back a couple years ago, they got rid of it. I don't remember what year it was, it was before my time. There used to be a Hubbard dining hall. We're reinstalling one in there because even though there was one at Acres, there's an awful one at Holmes that nobody goes to over there. But the mm-hmm. one yeah, Hub- they-, they have area for one at Hubbard. It's one of the biggest residence halls there. Why not build like a nice one there to give Hubbard students something for living there? As much as I loved it and I'll defend it to the day I die. Give us something. You know, like we already have to walk like 30 minutes everywhere we go. Like
2: at least give us something. <laughs> you guys have parties grill though with the chicken tenders, and there's only two of those on campus. That's true. That's true. Definitely need to build more of those. They do need I to build miss more.
1: Those chicken a lot. Yeah. I miss campus food. I won't lie. I miss campus mm-hmm. food. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I'm really
0: close to Brody this year, but like I don't even I, I actually need to look this semester. It might be different because they brought more students on. But I would love to go into that Brody if I could to go eat one of these things because I live literally around the corner from it. Like I am like a two minute walk to Brody. So like mm-hmm. I would love to go there and yeah. eat if I could but I know that I'm probably not going to be able to, or I'm going to spend like $15 trying to do it or something, but yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. Gina, did you have any more before we send off?
1: Oh, I did think of something related to food. I loved the hash brown. Like, I think they were triangles. Did you guys have, they had them in acres, the hash brown, like squares are triangles. Oh, oh, they had them for breakfast. I want them all day. That's my, that's my okay. hash browns all day. Mm-hmm.
2: the waffle bar and the omelet bar needs to be out a little bit longer in the morning because closing it at like 10 a.m is Um, too yeah um, yeah, 10 or like that's too early because I would get out of class Mm -hmm. at 10 20 and have to book it back so that I could get an omelet and then the lines wrapped around the fucking um middle thing and then you're like standing there for 40 minutes waiting to just get an omelet and you're it's taking forever so
1: the omelet bar was really good too
2: yeah
0: I think those are all good ones. I think that that was that was something like I was thinking about it. And I'm like, there's got to be some good MSU ones. And I got to thinking, I'm like, there's so many things I would change. I could go on for oh hours, hours. <laughs> I do like. I think my favorite one was a Catabus one though, just to shame some freshmen, <laughs> just so they have to have a right of passage to get on. They just see and walk that. And honestly, when I was a freshman though at Hubbard, I would have been really pissed about that because I would have been walking 40 minutes to snooze every day. But you know, is what it is. Oh, yeah, it's fine. But that's going to do it for us today. I appreciate you, Jane and Sarah, coming on. Hopefully, we get men's soups back. Women's soups will be back on Sunday by the time this comes out. Be in Wisconsin. Um, but appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you, listeners, for listening today. We'll catch you next week.
2: Thank you.